Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Elon Musk rips the city of San Francisco as it continues to spiral out of control, but makes some surprising comments whether or not Twitter will remain there in the city. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share with a friend, email us. Quick start podcast at cbn.org gets directly to myself and Billy Hallowell and Trey Gones Phillips. Joining me now to get through the news of the cray, Billy Hallowell on this Monday. Billy, what's happening? I am I'm excited to dive into the week. It was a crazy weekend and now I'm ready to get moving. Yeah, you were uh, at an event with Jonathan Isaac. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. Very, very cool what he's doing. He's in the middle of an NBA career, which is really weird. Usually these guys, you wait until they, like, they're after their career. We're seeing Jonathan do the stuff now in the middle of his career. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. You know, launching a major undertaking in a business, a company rather, you know, in the middle of your career when you're a young NBA player is pretty unique. And so, yeah, well, we'll get into what he's doing and, and why it matters. Yeah, he's speaking out on cultural issues too, so... Cool stuff. We'll have that on the focus story. Also on the main thing, evangelist Nick Vesajic is talking about why believers must support Israel. Had some harsh words there. We'll get to that on the main thing. But first, we're going to get to the news in 90 seconds. Twitter is no more. RIP Twitter is trending on Twitter which is now actually officially X. If you look at all your logos on your app and on the website, it is rebranded as X. In the midst of all this, Elon Musk ripped San Francisco, but says he's not going to move the headquarters. Musk said that many have offered rich incentives for X to move its headquarters out of San Francisco. Moreover, the city is in a doom spiral with one company after another leaving. Therefore, they expect X will move too. We will not, Musk explained. He said, you only know your real friends when the chips are down. Beautiful San Francisco, though others forsake you, we will always be your friend. Sound of Freedom continues to roll on at the box office. The latest weekend, according to box office Mojo, gives it another $12.4 million came in ahead of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 which had 10 million. Barbie continues to steamroll with 93 million. Meanwhile, Tim Ballard said that President Biden's border policies in this country are actually incentivizing traffickers. And Nancy Mace doubled down on her prayer breakfast remarks during an appearance on Sean Hannity. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBN News. Dot com. A lot going on there. Billy, I mean, San Francisco obviously in trouble. And Musk vowing to stay, though, which is very interesting for the businessman. I mean, just given how crazy San Francisco is right now, he's going to stay. It's rebranded as X. Sound of Freedom doing great. And these Nancy Mace comments were um, really quite something. And I'm more interested, Billy, in the follow-up. I would have thought, if you missed the comments, basically Representative Nancy Mace was at a prayer breakfast with Tim Scott and made a crack. It was early in the morning 
and she made a joke about how she turned down, let's say, morning marital activities, except she's not married. She's engaged to be married. And so the tone deaf remarks were kind of jarring at a prayer breakfast. Instead of admitting the wrong or saying people were misreading it, she doubled down on it and just joked about it on Sean Hannity briefly before moving on. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, I don't know. I don't know her heart. All I know is... Yeah, there, there was a there was a tweet that I saw, and it was really just an interesting sort of take. It was like how how much has the American church failed when somebody when a politician thinks that it's acceptable to stand up on a stage at a prayer breakfast? It wasn't just any stage, and make comments like that. And I think you know, to be honest with you, I think a lot of these politicians they're looking at the polling, and she doesn't need to she doesn't need to back away from it because guess what? Seventy six percent of Americans. Um, and this is from 2022. I'm sure the numbers changed a little bit this year. Think that you know, sex between an unmarried man and woman is morally acceptable. So almost eight in ten Americans agree and have no problem with what she was saying. So I think that you know, really though, most people with conviction, I feel on this would realize, okay, it was a bad joke. I made a mistake. I should apologize. So I do think the doubling down. It's not only problematic, I think it's emblematic of, of where we are morally right now. Yeah, and, and I don't want to sit here and, like you said, we don't know Nancy Mace's heart. We don't even actually know what their life is like or what they do and don't do. And so I don't know, but I don't want to get into judging that. I think what I'm interested in is the fact that people that are professing to be Christians are okay with joking about this when it's a sin issue when we're looking at Christians who are taking the Bible seriously, right? Like premarital sex is something that it's it's one of the out-of-bounds areas for sexual activities that Christians are supposed to be following. And, you know, it's one of those things, Billy, where we get criticized a lot for harping on the LGBT issue. Well, that's the only sexual sin you care about. Why? Are you? And, you know, it is problematic, I think, if we're not going to call out people when they're out of line in their comments on other sexual sin, which would be sex out of regular marriage. You know, yeah. the standard definition of marriage. We're not supposed to do that outside of marriage. And so if we take that lightly, then how can we be taken seriously when we call out sexual sin of another nature? Well, 100%. And I mean, the fact that it happened at a prayer break is the part that I just can't get over, right? Yeah. I think that's, the, it's like, it's so bizarre, you know, be, and, and again, I don't, I don't, I'm not int- attempting to go after her here, but I do think knowing your audience, it's right. one of those strange things where how does that even happen, right? You might, you might make the inappropriate joke somewhere, but you know, I've got the Gallup numbers in front of me. 81% of the country says divorce is morally acceptable, mm-hmm. right? 71% gay and lesbian relations. It, it's, you go down the line, having a baby outside of marriage, 70% say that's morally acceptable. So yeah. very clearly to your point, you know, the, the church has talked a lot about gay and lesbian relations, and, and that's an important issue. But what about these other issues? Maybe maybe we need to do a better job explaining why this matters and, you know, take some of the outrage effort and time that we're putting towards, you know, <laughs> this incident and think, okay, how do we how do we get the world to understand why, you know, self-control is a good thing? Right. Why saving yourself is a good thing? Yeah, exactly. And look, when people are answering these questions on, is this morally right or is that morally right? The first question you should be asking is, by what standard? What standard are you going by? And if it's not the Bible and you're a Christian, well, you've got some explaining to do, right? And so yes. um, I, that's why that one hit my radar. Like you said, not trying to 
you know, jump on and criticize Nancy Mace. But at the same time, when we see professing Christians kind of joke about stuff that's sin, we need to take that seriously. And we need to uh, make sure that we're you know above party lines when it comes to issues of sin. And so it's important stuff. It's important stuff. And that's the kind of thing that uh, we're going to point out on this podcast time and time again. So, all right, we're going to move over to the focus story now. And an NBA player, as we were talking about at the top of the show, has launched a new faith, family, and freedom clothing line. What's the story here, Billy? Yeah, this is really interesting. I had a chance on Saturday night to go to the Unitas Apparel Company launch. Again, it's called Unitas, which I I love that name, Unite Us. Uh, And this is Jonathan Isaac. He plays for Orlando Magic. And this is the guy everyone might remember back in 2020 when George Floyd happened and everybody was up in arms. He was the guy who chose to stand and not to kneel and went viral for it. And he's been out there talking about his faith for for quite a while now, his faith and his conservative values. Um, But it's interesting because he he has decided to put all of this, as we were saying at the top of the show, a lot of people wait till after the NBA to do this. He's putting everything into this company, Unitas, and this is going to be really a company that competes with Nike. That's the goal to create really amazing athletic apparel. It's not it's not a company that's going to have, you know, conservative or even, you know, big, you know, statements on on shirts and things like that. It's actually going to be an apparel company with sneakers and sweatpants and shorts and all of that that really is signing athletes and you know trying to compete in the mainstream. And so, yeah, he launched his event on Saturday. Really interesting, exciting event. Had a chance to be there and, and see it firsthand. What do you think Isaac's hoping to accomplish with this? Is this just, is there a deeper mission here besides just the clothing itself or what's the story? Yeah, you know, he's trying to give a voice to people, right? I mean, we are in that era of Target, Bud Light, Disney, all these brands that have gone, you know, woke. We're in the culture wars over that. And I think a lot of people are starting to feel frustrated. Like before, you know, at this event, there was a lot of talk about the fact that, you know, back in the day, a product was just a good product and people wanted to buy it. Now, suddenly these products are all attached to something, right? There are viewpoints. The corporations are taking, you know, they're taking positions on things that are controversial and it's making customers push back. We've seen that again and again. And there was a Q&A um, session during this event uh, on Saturday and Jonathan talked about what he was doing. He's like, I-, I think this is something that is bigger than me. He said, I have to give glory and honor to Jesus Christ. He talked about true greatness, not measuring yourself on the world standards. All of these comments were infused into this brand, you know, and we've talked with him in the past about this. Um, in fact, recently he told me, he's like, look, you know, Unitas is desperately needed because more and more brands in the sports and leisure wear space are abandoning the consumer's desire for them to be impartial. And he talked about, you know, culture, spirituality, politics, a lot of these brands, because they're taking those positions, they've in- overtly endorsed harmful or divisive ideologies. And because of that, people are looking for alternatives. And so he's hoping to have this brand that bolsters the values of faith in Christ, of freedom, of family building. And those are really important things to him. And so you can go out and buy really good athletic wear, right? And athletes can be signed to it and it can compete with Nike and all the other companies while offering those things to consumers, knowing your money is going to a place that reflects your values. Mm, Yeah, indeed. Very interesting stuff for sure. What else? I mean, you said you mentioned that you were at this event. What was uh, interesting or unique about this thing? 
Yeah, I mean, this event was it was incredibly impressive. They had, you know, he obviously did a sit down where he talked about the product. The people who were at this event, there were probably 150 people, a, a lot of people in business, so, some celebrities. Riley Gaines was there, you know, the collegiate you know, former collegiate swimmer who has spoken out um, against biological men competing in women's sports. Uh, a lot of interesting people sort of coming together on this. Torrin Wells performed um, and so had a chance to, to talk with him a little bit that night, which is interesting because he's becoming a pastor. Um, he's launching a church, which is pretty cool. So um, a lot of interesting people there. They had a fashion show where they showed the clothes. It was kind of the first time you got a, you got a chance to see the clothing and uh, that was unique. And then there were fireworks. I mean, it was a it was a big event. It went on for about four hours and they really gave the brand a good launch. But that focus on Christian values was there throughout the entire evening, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's definitely very cool. And I remember, of course, we've covered uh, Jonathan Isaac when he did take a stand and he spoke his voice when it was clearly not the popular viewpoint to take and as far as mainstream media goes on issues like the anthem and things like that it was kind of the cool thing in those circles like in the nba to i mean they did a whole marketing campaign in the nba imagine your whole business your company is saying we're diving into social justice and you have to get in line and pick a social justice issue and put it on your jersey and he's like no (laughs) uh and so that's i mean that takes some courage regardless of where you stand on that so definitely cool to see somebody taking what God's given them and put it towards good use. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm interested to see where this goes. I mean, people were actually buying the products that they are actually selling some of them and people were all over it. Um, the quality, it's really good quality. You can tell. And I think that, yeah, that's key. He wants to compete here and he did it with a big event. And, but I loved that the focus remained on Jesus the entire time. That was the first thing he said. He had his pastor there, his pastor prayed before they did anything, you know, at this event. So I, I don't know the, <clears throat> I don't know how many people were believers versus not believers there, but it was interesting to see that focus. If you weren't a believer, you were definitely leaving thinking a little yeah. deeper about it. I think that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. I appreciate you bringing us the, the lowdown on that one. And we're going to head over to the main thing now and evangelist Nick Fasajic. He is, uh, he's well known if you're not familiar with the name you may remember he is he doesn't have arms or legs and so he gives his testimony and it's very powerful when he talks about his life and his situation and the things that he's had to overcome and and his faith in the midst of all of that well he speaks out on a lot of issues not just his personal testimony and he spoke with our own Tragons Phillips about Christians and what he says oftentimes are them being either lazy or delusional and said that believers must support Israel. They talked not only about Israel, but a whole host of issues critical to the Christian faith in today's culture. That's today's main thing. I have to ask you, you're in the midst of culture as an evangelist, as a speaker, a motivational speaker. What are you seeing on the ground as you're sharing your faith and sharing it, sharing your testimony with people? Because I think we're in the midst of, of really a cultural revolution of people interested in finding hope. Uh, what are you hearing from people as you speak? I think we need to uh, understand that the redefinition of, you know, the cultural filter of what it means to love people and still though tell them the truth of what righteousness and, and unrighteousness is, uh, I think we, uh, we're seeing a separation 
between the wheat and the chaff, uh, the sheep and the goats, um, and uh, 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 even more defined line of people who add or subtract of the gospel and people who do not. Yeah. And uh, for the people who do not, uh, unwaveringly in their faith and uh, biblical stance, uh, we see the blessing of God upon them. And, uh, you know, I've been really inspired coming here, and I spoke at the Israel 365 event last night as well, and I really believe that uh, Christians are either lazy or delusional mm. uh, in many aspects when it comes to really supporting Israel and really understanding yeah. that we actually could be witnessing right now our right hand of America losing its knowledge of its skill because we have absolutely neglected Israel. Yeah. absolutely neglected them in the last 30 months. And so we need uh, more people to support Israeli nonprofit organizations. They need our prayers. We need to fast for them. So it's a very interesting time that we all live in. You know, I think that that really speaks to, to this next question, which is there are so many hot button issues, whether it's abortion, Israel, uh, LGBT stuff. I mean, there, you run, run the gamut of things yeah. that I think culture is dealing with that the church needs to be speaking to, but right. we don't always do it effectively. Can you speak to that? If we do that? it at all. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, if you go to lifewithoutlimbs.org and you look at the Champions for the Brokenhearted video series, we talk about addictions, we talk about pornography, we talk about sexual abuse. You know that one out of three uh, girls in America have been sexually abused by age 17? Did you know that one out of five boys in America have been sexually abused uh, by age 17? Did you know that one third of the 66 million abortions that happened in America were done by women who actually went to evangelical Protestant churches once a month for 12 months at least in a row? These are the statistics where we actually need to start talking about the things that we need to start talking about. And so, for instance, when we talk about unborn, go to standforlife.com to actually go and get some curriculum and programming and activities to help you and your leadership and your young people especially to start talking about what this actually means. Because you can't be Christian without understanding the image of God. And when you actually understand the image of God, a lot of this identity crisis and the unborn and many other aspects of that, if we can come back to that simple truth and the root of roots, is you were made in the image of God and God made male and female. You got a penis, you're a male, period. And so what we got to understand is how God has made us, who we are. He loves us. He's got a plan for us. Let's go back to the basics of such. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to warn the church right here, right now. Pastors who didn't have either the education or the courage to talk about Roe v. Wade when Roe v. Wade was overturned, in 24 months I'm looking you in your eye and there's going to be a massive crisis, a huge mm -hmm. crisis. There's going to be women coming up to the pastors and leaders of the churches and they're going to say, my 14-year-old, she didn't tell me she was pregnant. I came home. She nearly died in the restroom because she gave her, herself her self-induced pills to abort the child that was in her womb. She nearly died. Pastor, can you help me? What do I tell her? What do I say? We don't even know what to do with that. Yeah. We are 10 steps behind yeah. in actually being a relevant church who actually has taught anybody how to evangelize and preach the gospel. No one's ever sat down with you and said, hey, have you ever been sexually abused? And actually talked about your broken heart being healed before they just continue on and put you in a cell group that you can actually hide any secret from. Yeah. It's more than just coming to church. It's more than just serving in the church. It's more about more than volunteering. It's about people being saved, saints being healed, and then commissioned in part of the Great Commission. If we're not relevant to someone who's being abused, 
then who's who your are Jesus? you relevant to? Period. Yeah. Who's your Jesus? It's yeah. Done. Yeah. So uh, we live in a culture that's so, people are so desperate for identity. And I think you're speaking to that, right? It's they want a it's sense selfish. of belonging. It's centered right. on pride. It's about how I feel what, about what you think about me, what you think about me, what you judge me or, or what you don't judge me. Do you accept me? And it's about it. It's, it's kind of like a social media in a human mm -hmm. form. How many people do I actually get along with who actually like me? And if they yeah. don't like me for who I am, or I don't like me for who I am, I'm going to change tomorrow. Mm. And then let's see what, and my new identity, it's like resetting. Yeah. Right? When you got a problem in a marriage, I'm sorry, but if you got a problem in a marriage, you have an option to divorce or you don't. And a part of us psychologically, I'm not blaming anyone who's divorced, but I'm just going to say it that way. It's like, as divorce is to a broken marriage to start afresh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Same thing for people who don't like themselves, who's drowned in depression, anxiety, fear, confusion, most likely PTSD from stuff that's happened in their life the last 10 years, that now gives them their own ability to reset. Yeah. Sorry. But that's what that was all about. It's about what the people think about me. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but that's exactly no. what we're dealing with here in Gen Z. Mm. I'm going to feel good today depending on what you think of me. And if you don't like me, that's cool. I got some friends that love me the way that they, that the way I am. They love me. They love you. If they really loved you and LGBTQ is a sin, they would lovingly tell you still that in the Bible, you cannot rip that page of the Bible and the pages of the Bible that actually say you cannot be comfortable in that sin. You must walk away from sin. Transgender stuff being fed in our school systems. Oh, we're just Christians and look at the times of the world. Oh, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. If we actually spent some time in our church to figure out who of the church can go and sit on the school boards and flip the school boards, yeah, flip them and flip them over in Jesus name and say, you know what, devil, you don't have dominion in our school. You don't have dominion in our community because our church is the light and beacon of light you can't just expect people to come into church if you haven't been taught how to reach them for jesus outside of your church walls your church has failed you all right trey thanks so much for that conversation they're always good to catch up with nick and that's going to leave us with time here on the podcast for one last thing Matthew 10, 32, just as we're talking about Jonathan Isaac, um, this is an interesting verse. It reads, whoever acknowledge me be acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And I just thought, you know, making sure that we're out there, not only acknowledging Jesus, but pointing other people toward him. And I think Jonathan's doing that in a big way with Unitas. And so it's just a great reminder for all of us, no matter where we are. Yeah, that's always a convicting verse for me because you do if you don't, you people, oh, I witnessed by my life. And that's great. You can do that. But you, the other part of it is something you have to do. You have to associate, well, why is your life different? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because if you don't, you run the risk of kind of being a glory stealer, right? You're, you take that glory and instead of reflecting it up to God, which is what we're called to do, it, it can just stay on you. And that's not, a, not what we want to do, as, as this verse indicates here in Matthew 10. So great reminder, as we embark on our week, and as always, get yourself on over cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow. God bless. See you then.